This is IT Visionaries, your number one source for actionable insights and exclusive interviews with CIOs, CTOs, and CISOs, and many more. I'm your host, Albert Chow, a former CIO, former sales VP, and now podcast host. Deal is a SaaS platform that will allow you to know, hire anyone, anywhere, and do it with amazing user experience and do it compliantly. I can really, within a couple of minutes, hire any amazing talent in every country in the world, in every currency in the world. Is there a way to simplify empowering an international workforce? Do you know what it takes and why this problem is so big? Well, if anything is a great indicator of a great solution, it's typically revenue. Deal is one of, if not the fastest company ever in the history of companies to reach $100 million. Meet Yaron Levy. He's the CTO of Deal. And with nearly 25 years of experience in technology and business, he's here to share how Deal has simplified and improved the hiring process on a worldwide scale. Listening to learn more about how he makes great hires for his teams, and he can make this decision in just a few minutes. All that next on IT Visionaries. Yaron Lavi, welcome to the show. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, listen, this is exciting for us because we did our homework and Deal is, as far as we can tell, the fastest company ever to reach $100 million in revenue. For anyone who looks at the news, they can see how fast this company is growing. But for our audience who may not know what Deal does, let's start there. What is Deal? What do you guys do? How did you figure out, I guess, a solution to a problem that is scaling so fast? So actually, let's, let's put it simple. So Deal is a SaaS platform that will allow you to you know hire like anyone, anywhere, and do it with amazing user experience and do it compliantly. I can really, within a couple of minutes, hire any amazing talent, like practically in every country in the world, in every currency in the world. So I guess we're doing something yeah. good. Yeah, it's insanity to think about because I, I don't think our audience, so for anyone in our audience who's never actually hired or had to go through a payroll system to hire, it's hard enough to hire an out-of-state remote worker. It's actually not that easy. Forget about international. And then you add payments, exchange rates, all these different things. Uh, we, did a, we did some homework. Uh, it looks like you guys are supporting companies uh, all over the place to give an idea of the size and scale of where deals at. I believe you help companies hire staff. And I believe you've got over 90% of, like you have support. How many countries do you currently support? I guess that's the better way to ask it. How many countries do you currently support? It's like growing every day. I don't know, like it's 80 plus <laughs> or even more. Like, luckily we try to do it like all over the world. It's just amazing to see like, you know, we can help people and then bring opportunities to all over the world. Like, Yeah, the, the, the size and scale is massive. And so when we talk about exchange rates, payments, legal processes, paperwork, all of these things used to be like antiquated systems. Give us our audience an idea of the technical challenge that it was to integrate all of these things. Because like we just said, it is quite challenging to hire someone internationally. There's quite a bit of paperwork you have to file. That was the old way. Now we have deal. Give us an idea of the technical challenge that you and your team figured out how to solve. So first of all, I'm, I'm sure that to understand that, you know, hiring someone in Spain is very different than someone in UK or Netherlands or Canada and so on. So indeed, first of all, we have a large legal team and we know like how to automate the creation of contracts. We do everything from the contracting side to the actual payments and even the invoicing. For that, we had to support multiple types of uh, payment service providers or PSPs in short. Of course, bank transfers, but also stuff like, you know, PayPal, Payoneer, even Coinbase for crypto. 
So that's really cool. Yeah. And practically every exchange rate in the world. Imagine like it's quite simple, right? If I have a company and I'm hiring like one uh, engineer in some place, but what if, uh, what if I have like 20 of those or 50 or 500 in different countries, currencies, payment method, and you can pay them all like in one button click. Like I find it amazing, to be honest. I still do. Oh, yeah. It is amazing. Like I said, for anyone who's not actually done it, this is not an easy feat. Give us an idea of what the, like, the engineering challenges were. We understand like there's a lot of logistic hurdles and it's great to have a team that can do the research and paperwork. But you know, from my perspective, I recognize this. Like For example, a lot of government or public entities, they may not have the right infrastructure or systems to easily integrate into. Like it's a, It can be a bit of a challenge. You might be supporting antiquated technology. It was revealed, for example, that just a couple of years ago that multiple state agencies, it was revealed in the United States, they all run on COBOL and like they were, they had no engineers that knew the language anymore. So like government systems were starting to like come to a absolute halt because no one knew how to program in COBOL. <laughs> Did you face similar challenges? They'll be like, hey, how do we integrate? How do we integrate this country? How do we integrate their systems? How do we integrate the payments? So like we are doing like it mostly ourselves. So on the tech side, we are to, we like from the beginning went with like top-notch technologies. Uh, we are fully on the cloud. We started with serverless. Now we use uh, Elastic Kubernetes. So this is on one hand. We do everything like in-house. So generation of contracts, integration with payment service providers, generation of uh, invoicing. We also like automate the invoicing from the client to contractors, we call them. If our clients have their own like invoicing system, NetSuite or Zero, others we even like go ahead and push it directly to the system. This is another challenge we had uh, to deal with. In short, you can say that we have like three types of cluster integration. So integration with payment services, integration with accounting software, and even with uh, recruiting software. Because what can be easier than you know have like your own recruiting system like. Uh, Ashby or, or something like that, and then immediately like have one button like hire with deal, and everything is moved to deal, creating a contract. You just need to review and sign. This is 2022, no? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Listen, I have I remember developing training for PeopleSoft in the past, and it took like uh, literally 120 steps to even put a job posting on, let alone hire somebody. Give us an idea. What about on the front end? Because deal is really widely known also for ease. You kind of hit at it before. Does the front end team report to you, the user experience team, or is that, do you guys have it set up so that the product team mostly handles the user experience side? So it's both of everything. Like we really believe in like really small teams. So every team is made up like, I don't know, six to seven engineers at most. So in every oh. team, you'll have like a team lead, a couple of backends, couple of front end guys, a product manager dedicated to the team. Usually also a product uh, designer giving visual designs in tools like Figma and so on. And that team has standalone units. They plan their own uh, sprints, we have weekly sprints, but mainly they can execute and deliver it because product itself on the tech side, it's built on microservices, it's built on pods. This means that every team can actually go ahead and push stuff uh, to live very fast. I can, I can tell you, like, we can push stuff to, like, live almost every day. Just today, we deployed, like, three <laughs> times to live. And this is amazing. So, um, yeah. on one end, the front-end guys really have, like, a, a really strong companion from the product team and designers. And 
On the other hand, we do many, many iterations on everything you see there. Because this is product that serves like people from many countries, as you can see, right? That's right. Everybody should understand that. So we always try and learn. Like when we get feedback, you, I have some screens that we've done like over and over again, just to simplify, make everything smooth and look amazing. And we continue doing so. We got some facts I pulled up for how big deal is right now. It supports over 7,000 organizations across 150 countries. It itself, Deal, employs over 1,000 people worldwide in over 70 countries. And Yaren has a unique experience, which I want to talk about next. When he started the Deal engineering team, when, we, when he started, it was three people. He is now scaled to, your team told me 166, but you probably have hired someone since they told me this. 166 people across 15 countries in a less than two years. And the way you describe your team is it sounds like teams of teams. Did you already operate like a, this team of teams concept at another previous company? Or is that something you de- you developed at Deal in order to move at the speed which you needed to grow this fast? So one of the things that you need to do when you come to a place like Deal, like you need to come like flexible in mind and, and you need to adjust your processes to do so. So from the beginning, it was clear that the Deal was to go extremely fast. You know, we're doing something good. The need was apparent and we had to move really fast. So one of the things that we need over there is like really crunch down on what is the hiring process and how fast can we find amazing people. This is one. And second is the selection of the technologies. Which technologies uh, should we select that allow us to find amazing talent all over the world and not just in the US, UK, France, and so on. And we started moving very fast and growing very fast and then in order to keep cadence and to keep uh, functionality and new stuff coming up in the same speed, you have to divide and conquer. So both the infrastructure of the backend that allows you, you know, each team to ship its things relatively very fast without stepping on each other's toes. And on the other hand, like keep growing and keep like uh, recruiting. And your team told us you have a very interesting, you have a unique characteristics about recruiting. So in order to recruit that fast and scale that fast, you have to be, like you said, you got to be really good at recruiting. They told us that you have an interesting thing where you can kind of tell if someone's going to be a good fit within five minutes of a conversation. I don't know. Like, I think like I've recruited personally over 300 engineers myself over the time. So, you know, like when I'm meeting the candidate is after like he did some filtering, like years of experience, a good, strong home task, interviews and so on. And, you know, you already start speaking to him on the tech side and you can very fast understand if like this is the guy you want. Add on top of that energy, optimism, you know, startup mentality, attitude. Very fast, I can tell you like, uh, you know, if the candidate is good or not, this is one. And on the other hand, you know, as I see so much talents for so many different places in the world. I also have like sensitivity for the country that I'm like hiring from. From example, you know, Latin America engineers are super warm, super talented. And like the conversation is really flowing very fast. On the other hand, uh, engineers from uh, Europe are usually like more implicit, but they are super talented and really code machines. So you need to know how to talk with each and every candidate and take into the, uh, this account as well. But yes, usually it's like I can decide in five minutes and we do like 10 more minutes, like just to be like, understand that we're on the same place and we try to close. And by the way, the deal platform allows me like to, you know, finish the call 
and send them a fully fledged contract within two minutes. I more or less like need to input the rate, the start date, the country, anything specific that we match and everything is already generated. They get an invite to the platform, they sign up. It's amazing. Okay, that is a bananas stat you just dropped there. For anyone who's ever been, first of all, I would guess 100%, 100% of our audience has been in a job interview. 100%. 100% of our audience has been in a job interview. You're looking for work. We've all felt that pain of a long hiring process, probably long testing process. We've all been there where someone says, we're going to make you an offer. Yet the paperwork, because like I know I do it right now for my company, I have to manually put it together. You know what I mean? I don't have... I don't have a deal. Maybe I need to sign up because I don't get to push one button and send them the paperwork. Let's do it. Come on. So like, uh, we really try, you know, really try to go with candidates for two or three days at most from first interview to like, you know, to, to closing one. I still, I like, insist for engineering to, you know, I still uh, interview everyone coming to engineering and I have like engineers, data team, tech ops, like I still want to meet each and every one to touch on, on uh, culture and attitude and not just the tech side. But mainly it's like you set up a really condensed, really well-defined hiring process, like who is interviewing, what are we asking them, what is their minimal. And usually when I meet the candidate, we already like more or less uh, with a good fit. Just not like need to, to validate the last ones. What about verifying technical capability? Because a lot of people, of course, can, you might have technical requirements. Hey, you need it. You need to be able to do X, Y, and Z. I can say whatever I want on a resume. How do you validate technical proficiency? Excellent question. By the way, you know the difference between good and excellent one? For excellent, I have the answer. I'm a pessimistic guy, so by definition, I don't believe anyone. So what we did there, like, uh, <laughs> and we work with multiple, you know, talent agencies, and now we have our own big, excellent talent team also in deal. So very fast, at point, I, um, I don't believe in something called a full stack to believe in. So... You know, either like you're very good on the backend side and do some, I don't know, React uh, components on the front, or you're like really love, you know, front end UX and so on, and do some APIs on Node. So probably you're like this or that. With that in mind, we have written like our own like home task. And it's like, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's, it's nothing crazy. It's real life issues. So I never ask you to do like link list, all that crazy stuff, but like, if you're a backend guy, I'll ask you to go ahead and write some endpoint APIs for me with data that I do. And from the front end as well, some page that I can even take the thing and put it in deal right away. This is one thing. Second, it is time constraints. I give them something that, you know, in two hours, if you're good, you should be able to, to complete. If you're good, I'm going to see that in the tech. And by the way, they submit it in the form of like a GitHub repo. So I can see... The time it took, it's a hard task, but it should be able to do, you should be able to do it well in like two, two and a half hours. And if you succeeded there, it, it's quite obvious. Those own tasks, like everybody in engineering has helped me to review. Practically, if you, if you pass that uh, home task, you're good for me, probably. Yeah, you got the home test passed and then you got the culture fit in five minutes. Boom. That's why the offer comes out two minutes after you hang up. I don't really <laughs> care like where did you do your degree? I don't really care, like, uh, what grade did you go? You know what? I don't even care if you had a degree, if you, like, did a home task and it was amazing and you have the experience. So why not? There you go. Push that button. Send that offer. 
I really like that idea of putting pressure on somebody because I've learned that in technical recruiting as well as non-technical recruiting, but time is the true factor. Can you operate fast? Because that is this essence. And it sounds like, you know, you've said everything about deal. You've used the word fast, speed, quick. It's a product that makes things faster. It makes sense that your team has to be faster. Give us an idea. Your team also informed us of a unique support system that you have. A lot of companies say they have 24-hour support, but you know, we know that like when midnight comes, it's not as supportive. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you guys have built something that you have a round-the-clock team. And that's how come it's early morning, it's 10:22 a.m. here on the East Coast as you and I are talking right now. And you already said there's three product updates have already been shipped today. There's probably more coming down the pipe. Give us an idea of what you have done to design a team. Because obviously you can't be awake for 24 hours a day. You can't make decisions 24 hours a day. How do you have a team that is able to build, ship, fix, whatever you guys are doing 24 hours a day around the world? So like, absolutely right. So first of all, we're doing like most companies do, we have like three layers of support. So you have like big customer support team that are like really spent all over the world and probably we're able to address most of, of customers' issues, how I do things. What, how do I proceed and so on. Then we have laughing, something is called like a level two support, which are like specialists. They have much more permissions and ability to do stuff in the system. And they are also spread mostly in the Americas, but also in APAC. And they should be handling like the rest 70, 80% and so on. On top of that, we also put some as engineers as level three. Okay, so if something really need an engineer, so we also have all engineers like working on, on different teams as well to, to do so. What really helps us a lot is that we are also like divided all the teams and the technology support also like per the area. So we really fast know that if you have some issue, who exactly are, is the one that can that will be able to help and fast. So there's much less routing. This is one. Second, we always put the customer first. And not as a slogan, okay? So if there is a customer issue, no matter how it's idiotic, so everybody will stop what they're doing until the customer is happy. <clears throat> and then we'll go back to, you know, sprint plan and roadmap. This is very unique to deal. I've had my share in many other companies. So yes, we have roadmap, we have tight deliveries, we all of that. But customer is really the king in deal without quotes. What brought you to deal? We checked you out. You've worked at a lot of big companies. You've worked at Amdocs for a long time, you know, over 10 years. You've been building technology, supporting massive companies in the past. Give us an idea. What brought you to deal? Because when you joined, it was obviously much smaller. What was, what was exciting? What made you say, hey, this is, this is the future? About two and something years in my previous workplace, you know, the product there was already stable. The company wasn't there like selling great. And then I was approached by a uh, Handhadra and so on. And like, and then I met Alex, which is one of the co-founders of Deal and the CEO. Mm -hmm. In two minutes, like he described his vision and I was like, you know, jaw drop and like, boom, I, I immediately understand it. This could be huge. And like, no, he, he kept selling me for like for another 30 minutes or for an hour, but he had me after three minutes already. So that means if, if he had you in three minutes, that must mean also that you understood the problem as well. That it's to, in the past, did you ever have to try to hire remote workers or remote contractors? Yeah, for me, indeed, it's like the fourth or fifth uh, workplace in which like I need to build engineering team 
usually from scratch. So always I had the same like a uh, uh, challenge. Where do I find the talent from? Which people do I need? Which technologies? Usually like in parallel of building the product itself, you need also to decide on the technology and hire people according to the technology. Front-end, back-end, infrastructure, database. So that was exactly part of that and part of the challenge. Yeah. And what was it like the first day you got there? What were you expecting? Were you, were you expecting like, hey, the existing team, they've already built something pretty good. I just need to add to it. Or did you come in like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to find. We might have to re-architect, refactor some things. So I did my homework just like anyone else. Like, you know, like who is the, what they're doing. And, and, you know, version one of the platform was out there, like the very edge stages. I went over it. I immediately saw things that I wanted to change and fix because I'm a front-end guy myself throughout the years. <laughs> So, you know, I told Alex, okay, we need to fix this and that and that. So he told me like, okay, welcome to deal. Let's go. This is one of the core principles. You know, don't think everyone will do something for you. Go ahead, dive in, do it yourself. From day one, I found like three or four amazing engineers. It was amazing what they have built to that point so far, but we had so many things to do and so many processes to instill, you know, like uh, taking a, a startup from three, four people and start growing and putting processes and builds and how to work together and scaling and building teams. Very, very interesting challenge, always. When you first got started, were you only, I mean, you had, of course, you were supporting far less countries. Were you just saying, hey, we're going to help this country hire in this country? Is that kind of how it was started? Like, I always think to myself, like, if I were to peel back and like a global shipping network, like a FedEx or UPS, obviously they didn't start with having planes and trucks everywhere that could go anywhere every time. Software is no different, right? You had to probably pick some stakes in the ground. Where were some of the first big integrations or countries that you wanted to offer that were, because you guys were like strategic, this is going to be the inflection countries. All the time we're like going ahead and adding countries we support for contracts, countries and currencies we support for like uh, currencies. Um, we had a lot of integration with local banks, payment service providers. And we divide them for pay-ins, like what the clients are, are like paying and how to pay out, like how contractors, we call them, are like withdrawing the money. I can't really say it was, you know, really well done. We, see the, we simply try to get as much as we can support as fast as we could. Oh, so okay. Some countries are, are like easier to order to implement in terms of like, you know, getting correct exchange rates, getting uh, local laws understood and so on. Also, the business itself is changing because in deal, you have like two or three main lines of business, which are quite different. So one is client contractor model, uh, which is very common. The other is like EOR, employee on record, which works differently. And we developed it a little bit later along the line with different rules, different uh, processes. And I think, by the way, deal is like doing it the best in the world right now. So I hope it answers the question. I'm going to paraphrase what I think I heard, right? Because a lot of founders and tech leaders, they can get paralyzed by analysis where they're thinking to themselves, well, what's the most strategic thing to do today? Because you have, you already said it, you have limited resources. You don't really have the ability to do everything all at once. And so they'll think to themselves, hey, well, I got to make this bet. This bet's got to be perfect. But then it sounds like time is the killer because you, you spend too much time pontificating, less time doing. If this bank's able, we're able to integrate it, integrate it. If this currency is able to integrate, let's integrate. Like, let's move fast and not overthink things, it seems that that was more the methodology you guys you guys used. It was very business-driven. So if a customer is yeah. coming, say, okay, guys, I want to come. 
but I need to be able to pay in this and that uh, payment method, or I need to support also contracts in this and that uh, currencies. Right. So we went ahead and do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was no meeting like, oh, is that a good strategic decision? You're like, let's put yeah, it in. If it brings business, it is. I always tell the guys, look, if Alex, Alex is our vibrant CEO, he tell us, okay, yeah. we need to do pink elephants because there is business there. <laughs> so we'll drop everything and do pink elephants and that's fine. Okay. You need to come flexible in minds. And by the way, this is exactly the type of people that I'm looking for. There you go. So, you know, the two co-founders are Alex and I'm going to make sure I pronounce her name right. Shuo. Is that Shuo? Yeah. Well, I, I feel bad because I'm Chinese and I should be able to pronounce it properly. But, you know, <laughs> I was born in America. So, you know, I'm assuming that their attitudes are very similar to yours because you must mesh very well that they want to. Are they both move fast? Like, is there anyone in the in the leadership team that's like, hey, we should slow it, slow it down? Or everyone's like, hey, let's move fast. Move. Let's move faster. <laughs> There's a reason behind it, okay? We want deal to be, you know, the default company to go to when you want to hire remotely. And in order to be that, yeah. you'll need to be like the best in the world in features, in user experience, in customer support and so on. And simplicity. Simplicity, everything. Yeah. Endless iterations, always improving, always looking forward. You want to come to the platform for free, so I'm sure the ecosystem is big. Others are also looking like what we are doing and so on, so... You simply need, need to run ahead and open the opportunities to as many people as we can. What do you think deal is going to unlock if you guys meet all your objectives and goals? Because globalization, it's been coming for a while now, but there's always been roadblocks or processes outside of like technology. Like I mentioned before, paperwork, laws, legal, payments that have limited talent pools, right? Now that remote work seems more here than ever, uh, especially like in knowledge work, technical work, truly you can be anywhere, anywhere, anywhere in the world. And when you think about what were the limiting factors before, it's companies like Deal are trying to remove those limiting factors. Give us an idea of what you think this will unlock globally, because what does the world look like when you can truly hire anyone, anywhere, anyplace? So first of all, I really believe they know that this is the future of, of work. And I see it like every day, like when I meet uh, candidates and, you know, one of the first questions is like, okay, so why do you want to come to Deal? The common answers is, they really believe in the cause, like this is how work should be like, especially on tech side. But they also believe in like remote first. I met some amazing people like in really distant location, you know, that if they had to drive to office and back, it's completely senseless. Yeah. Second, like, you know, you can really create multinational company with amazing talent and people to work with and, and not be limited by either budget, resource, different levels of knowledge. If I want to make a product, it is like really multinational. I need the multinational team by yourself. And we also practice what we preach. Everybody in deal yeah. is working remotely from home, like me. Everybody in deal, by the <laughs> way, is getting paid through deal, which is kind of cool, you know. Yeah, drink your own champagne. I got to give a shout out to Kim Huffman. She's the one that gave me that statement because it used to be, you know, eat your own dog food, but that's bad. Like drink your own champagne is good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the things I, I think, you know, for myself personally, it might be more altruistic, but I think to myself how true globalization is going to enable people who are born in basically countries that are harder to succeed in. You know, I think of like what's happening in Sri Lanka, which is basically like the government is there's like a people's revolt against the government. Imagine you're a Sri Lankan kid and you said, hey, I want to rise out of poverty. 
I'm going to teach myself how to code. I'm going to teach myself some type of knowledge skill. Deal's going to be the type of platform that's going to allow this person to find work that is going to help them build their community much faster than if they had to live or work in their community in Sri Lanka. Work is not going to have borders. It's, it's, it's happening now. And so companies like Deal, we're really pumped for what you guys are doing. So this is one, you know, second, like you really allow them to, um, to, to seize the opportunity. If you're good, simply apply. You don't need like, uh, there's no complexity in hiring you no matter where you are. Yeah. Because this was the main border. So we are dropping these borders and say, okay, you find someone in every resort you want is good for you. So hiring will not be an issue. See if you have good chemistry, he's a good fit to the team. But you know, the hiring, payments, invoicing, that's a known issue. Go to deal, we'll do it for you. And this is one. And what we also think, by the way, big companies coming to deal like all together and say, okay, we already have like our own employees and we are already like yeah. doing payroll for them, but go ahead and do the payroll for them on our behalf. We want to focus on what we're doing and leave all yeah. payroll to deal because you're the specialist on payroll. So this is also a trend I see like uh, coming up. Outsourcing all that out. And I understand companies, they don't want to have like payroll managers, accountants, a lot of that stuff. Why not do it in extremely simple, fast platform like this? I get it. Like I said, for anyone who's out there listening to this show, if you've ever had to hire people, remote workers, I mean, right now I only hire people out of state. I have some contractors international and it's a pain. Like it's a pain. It's, I have to use multiple systems. I won't call out the companies, but I have multiple systems to enable this. Like I don't have just one. I have to use many. Well, Yaron, it was awesome having you on the show, man. I really appreciate you sharing what you guys are accomplishing, how you think about building. I, when, it, when you were describing your team, I was like, man, this is like team of teams. It's like the military. Like each group operates independently to the bigger objective. And I love this concept that you and the co-founders have developed, speed, 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 develop, ship, work independently, great people, two minutes to figure out, are you a fit? Yaron, it was awesome hearing all the things that you do. But before you go, it is time for the lightning round. The lightning round is brought to us by Salesforce Platform, the number one cloud platform for digital transformation of every experience. Yaron, this is where we ask you questions outside of the world of work so our audience can get to know you a little better. You ready? I am. All right. What is the craziest, oddest, weirdest, just weird IT problem you've ever had to solve? <laughs> wow. Okay, so... <laughs> In my previous position, I was in a place where, you know, I had to have like, we had like IoT devices, like tens of thousands sending us every minute some reading and you had to like crunch them and put them out like in a nice dashboard. It was four years ago. There was nothing I can think of to do it. And then out of the blue came something called serverless and it was like <laughs> a magic. Okay. I was able to do like, you know, with zero resources, everything like was automated and cloud for me. Like this was an amazing because we tried like so many times and simply like nothing could, could, you know, handle that amount of influx of data. And, you know, some guys said, Hey, let's try serverless. There's a new thing over there. It was again, like I gave it like one, two hour reading and like, it was guys, this is it. We must go there. Like <laughs> it solved it really. It was, it was amazing. Would you have been able to solve that problem without serverless technology? I don't think so. Maybe with, a, you know, <laughs> 20 engineers after six months, maybe. And like another group, like looking all the time on resources, monitoring, alerting, all that crazy stuff. Not with like, we were like three, four people there at the time. We always like to hear from different IT leaders who got them into tech. Who or how did you get into tech yourself? <laughs> 
wow, that's a good one. So my father is an architect. At some point, he like bought a, a PC to go, you know, on DataCAD. And it was the first time that architects left paper and went like on PCs. It was so expensive that time that he got like another PC, like, like a gift because yeah. he bought it. And he said, look at that, look at, look at that PC. What can we do with that? And this was the first time that I had something like this. I think it was like I was 11 or 12, something like that. And from then point on, it was, I was immediately trying to understand how does it work? Like what are the files and so on? So it was an instant love. Most people in tech are also builders outside of work, meaning they either build or code applications for themselves or they, they build things. They just build things like furniture, race cars. Do you build outside of work? I build, but I stick with code. I, like, I've been a front-end engineer most of my professional life. Now I don't have time for that. But I always like, I have like a tendency to always look you know, at, at new frameworks coming along. So stuff like mobile apps, like with React Native or Flutter, I really loved it. So when I have time, I try to build some stuff uh, with that. But I don't do furniture, no. <laughs> when you, when, I'm curious, like... Uh... Because there's always new and emerging technologies, right? Like if you go to like a, a reInvent, AWS alone will announce like 30 services every reInvent, right? You obviously don't have enough time to try all of them. What does it take for you personally to be like, I want to learn more about that? Like, is it, does it have to solve a problem that you already have? Or is it just random? Like something just piques your interest and you just want to find out? I think for me, uh, if it solves like a burning uh, issue or I see the immediate value there, like, Take, for example, like uh, React Native. They say, okay, code it once and it will immediately work both on iOS and Android. Now, that's amazing because otherwise, if yeah. I want to do a mobile app, I need to have two teams. Yeah, I, I've done that. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so I've done React Native. So yes, it has its ups and downs, but as a solution, then, you know, like for startups, and again, I love startup mentality, this is the way to go by definition. There you go. Well, I've got one more question for you. As a front-end guy, you have to be impressed with other people's work as well. What's an app or a service that you use where you're just like, man, this thing is just beautiful, it's easy, and you can't name something you built. It's gotta be someone else's product. What, what, what's something that you're just like blown away, like, wow, this is great? I haven't seen one of these recently, to be honest. What I am blown away is it's something else. So I think that one of the amazing things I've seen is like uh, the React team at Facebook. You know, they built a platform that is like, on one hand, it's a library, it's not opinionated, and, and they give it as a free, uh, free source, like an open library. And what they're doing in there is amazing. They still do. I still like follow up them. I'm less into now, wow, this website is amazing, but more into like, what the next platform will be, how I can I grow the team. Yeah. That work is amazing, what they're doing there. So it, it's a framework. It's like... My way or the highway and why like, so that's like <laughs> in React, okay, you can do this, you can select there and, and we're actually doing this in deal, okay? We try various things and we go with that, you know, whatever works, it's good. And we'll always change and we're not marrying any specific like library or framework and so on. And, and this flexibility, I think it's a must for every company that uh, wants to achieve, achieve faster growth. Well, you know what? I want to ask one final question, and it's, it is going to be related to work because it's going to piggyback off what you just said. What percentage of your time or your team's time do you ask them to devote to exploring new technologies? Because you just kind of hinted at it. There's going to be new things coming. 
and you want to move fast and take advantage of the best products and services you can take advantage of, what percentage of time do you ask your team, hey, you need to try something else? What the deal experiencing is we see amazing growth also in deal. A main challenge I think that I have this year is not mostly on the tech, like serving the growth, which is amazing. You know, you have databases, APIs, requests, queues, all that stuff. So all the time you see like things, say, look at this process and says, hey, guys, we generate now, I don't know, 10,000 uh, files an hour. But if we have 100 files an hour, this will explode. So for sure, yeah. we already like, need to start now and looking like different tech or different process or different way of doing that. So in short, like we all the time try to like, no, alert and monitor, look at what is working hard resource-wise or process-wise and really look like uh, how we can plug it out with different technologies or processes. Well, if you've listened to this episode and you want to work with someone who's constantly pushing you, it sounds like to, to try something new to solve a fast growth problem, check out Deal, D-E-E-L. I'm going to check it out. I am suffering from the pain you solve. You already heard me. I got contractors in Europe. I got con- <laughs> <laughs> We got to do it right after this call. We got to do it right after this call. All right. Yaron, it was awesome having you on the show. Listen, your energy and enthusiasm is infectious. I can see you know, the way you just talk, the way you move. The, like I can tell like, hey, we're, we're here to go fast and go forward. It was awesome having you as a guest on the show, man. Same here. Really enjoyed it. Thanks so much.